Okay, hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast. Uh, uh, up here on the stand, I have uh, Bishop Jensen behind me, and uh, President Gary is presiding today. He's here to reprimand us. I feel like this is the second stake president to to join us. Uh, or actually, no, we had Counselor Davis come and reprimand us. The High us. Council, yeah, and just then, from the High and Council. And now he didn't do a good enough job, I guess. So President Gary is here to reprimand us. Oh yes, it's me, President Gary. You, you boys have been bad. We've in, we've incurred the the wrath of the supreme priesthood, the supreme priesthood, the supreme council of penishood holder. What? what did you say? <laughs> say that to my face, Jensen. That's what that's what feminists call the priesthood, the penishood. Really? Do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess we learn something new every day. Yeah. What a great contribution right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, So I guess... Now I know what kind of podcast I'm on, I see. (laughs) So uh, Bishop Jensen, do you want to interview, uh, introduce the topic? Because you invited President Gary here to join us today. So President Gary's actually a traitor to our cause, right? You had a faith crisis, but plugged yourself back into the matrix. You took the blue pill. Um, I have this feeling like you guys, I don't know. I feel like you have this vision of me and it maybe isn't accurate. Um, okay. So, so paint, paint a better picture. Cause that, better, that's, cause what we know you have your own podcast where at one point in time you talked about faith crisis issues. And yeah. I think some listeners referred to that podcast as diary of a faith crisis. Some did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you announced that you had regained your temple recommend and moved back into full fellowship or something like that. And so yeah, you took the blue pill is that's the only thing I can take from that is that yeah, you took yeah. the blue pill. Well, okay. So yeah, I don't even know. So I guess like, here's the thing I made a, I wouldn't say I'm like, uh, what do you call it? Like the most, like pristine temple worthy like there wasn't it wasn't like like i have a temple recommend but like the you know sometimes you have to sort of bob and weave and use the questions <laughs> a little bit you have to sort of like slip the slip the the, the jab you know and um so i yeah i i do have a temple recommend and that was sort of my desire was to return to um I don't know. It's like when you have a faith crisis, you want to. And this is something I'm sort of a question I have for you too. You have the faith crisis. Is there any part of you that like wants to go to the time before you had the crisis maybe? And um, Elder Jackson, this might be, I don't know if this is going to apply to you. Maybe not, but um, what's your name again? Bishop Jensen. Bishop Jensen, maybe this is, maybe I can sort of speak to your heart here. Don't you want to go back to like, don't you miss believing fully and completely? Isn't there something about that that's sort of nostalgic and like you wish you could go back and the matrix is pretty nice. That steak looks delicious. Does it not? Steak is delicious. It is. So I think like, I think there are some, the way that personal belief, the way the beliefs worked with me was it just kind of, I kept winding myself up tighter and tighter and tighter. And um, I actually had like a flashback 
just as an example of how tightly I was winding myself was um, when Moana came out, my daughter would watch that movie every morning and it's about Polynesians, i.e. Lamanites, right? From a believing perspective or Nephites, the people of Haggoth, right? Uh-huh. And that movie is also about family. And they sing a lot of Polynesian songs and talk a lot about family. And it's supposed to be this traditional Polynesian story. And I'm like, see how many elements of the restored gospel are weaved into Polynesian culture about family. This is obviously a testimony of the book of Mormon's truthfulness because I was perpetually like looking for evidence of the church being absolutely 100% factually true, because in my mind, if it wasn't 100% factually true, it wasn't worth it. And uh, like, I didn't get a lot of value out of it other than it being 100% true. And so I was always winding myself up about it. So at first it was devastating, but the more distance I put between myself and it, uh, just the better I feel about myself. You've been happier since then. Hmm. I can't say like remarkably happier. It's just like I'm less uptight and I don't devote a lot of mental energy to making something that wasn't working work. Hmm. I, so I would say like, and I want to hear, uh, it's going to be weird calling you these names, by the way, <laughs> Jackson. Can I just call you Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. Jackson and Jensen. Great job choosing two J names. Uh, His has three X's in true Utah fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like um here's the like the the basic premise I would want for maybe I'll like this is what I've sort of arrived at in my life in relation to my faith crisis and how I feel about the church and everything. And maybe this can be something that you two can uh, employ for yourselves if you're interested or not. Um Again, I think uh, Bishop Jensen over here, I think you're less far gone than Elder Jackson. <laughs> Elder Jackson, I feel like you, <laughs> you like, totally <laughs> lost. Yeah, I think you were like, you're just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I never cared. But I think, um, uh, Bishop Jensen, I think you did care. I did. Okay, so I guess like for some more backstory for our listeners, like, President Gary, you have a podcast. We won't name it because we don't yeah. want to. We don't want to dox you. But that was my first yeah. foray into a uh, podcasting, and we talked about my life as. And at that point in time, I was a believer. Um, That's so crazy to think. Like, when was that? That was like, 2018, three years ago. But I would say, like at that point in time, I was on the fringe, and actually, like I have to credit <laughs> that podcast with me coming to the conclusion that I'd lost my testimony. And what it was, when I listened back, I was talking about my testimony in a past tense. Yeah. Subconsciously. Like, I wasn't purposely trying to talk about it as something that I had. Yeah. But when we talked, it just came out that way. And when I listened back to it, I was like, I keep talking about this thing, the faith that I had and the faith that I lost. But in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm like... To everybody else, I've lost my testimony. I'm the last person to find out was kind of what it seemed like when I listened back to that episode. Isn't it funny when you podcast and you you reveal so much about yourself that you don't intend to sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. And you go back and you listen, you're like, oh my gosh, that was, I, I let a lot of myself go in that yeah. one. Oh yeah, 
people if people want to stalk me and go back and listen through you know all the podcasting i've done even though most of it is me interviewing people asking people questions you can still like even just in the questions that i ask the type of questions yeah. that i ask you're still going to be like oh he's that type of person yeah or, oh he thinks that about that yeah or it's funny to like sometimes i'll um i'll listen back to you know <clears throat> an episode of the podcast that i do and and yeah i'll just see there's like a subtext that i don't even realize as i'm speaking something it sounds like that's kind of what you're experiencing yeah, exactly yeah where like you were saying all this stuff i remember you you did like you cried on the on the podcast yeah. that you oh, did because yeah. you were like, you know, and, um, but I remember after the mics went off, you were like, I think you told us the real kind of situation. Oh, <clears throat> um, so I yeah. guess, um, so for me, yeah, that pot. So like maybe general backstory for me, I was like a true blue believer for most of my life up until I was about, I mean, it's one of those things where you go on a mission, I served a mission and then I come home, I'm 21 years old and I'm so like wrapped up in everything. And then from there, it's sort of this steady decline in my faith from 21 to like 25, 26, hmm. where things just, I don't know, like things happen and, you know, you have fun times with girls and, you know, sometimes you got to go talk to a bishop and those experiences just are not as uplifting as maybe they once were. I remember like the first time I got resolution or restitution or whatever, absolution from a, from a bishop, it was this kind of glorious spiritual experience. And was, this was before my mission. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> but I get, you know, I come home from the mission, I kind of, you know, I'm up to my old antics again. And, um, and I, you know, I kept going back cause I was like, I really wanted to be like good about it. Right. I, I really believe that God wanted me to do this, but it was, it was getting less and less like fulfilling to actually do it mm -hmm. the way that it was that first time. Like the, the sort of the drug hit of like, I'm forgiven the, the, the brain, whatever hits in your brain, that's like, this is a good feeling was getting less and less effective each time I went until um, I think I was like 27 or something. And I had sort of gone on this streak of, you know, um, just, you know, having some, I hadn't, you know, done anything like really crazy with a girl, um, but I had done enough that I was like, Ooh, this is going to be a rough one. And so at 27, I go and I talk to my bishop and I tell him like everything I'd done for like a, like a year and a half stretch or something. Again, it's so funny to look back now and, and, and be like, it wasn't even anything. Mm -hmm. Like if I would have just, it's funny, if I would have just like kept my mouth shut and just made sort of a personal peace with God, I might still be like fully in the church, you know? Mm. At this point, I wouldn't say I'm fully in the church, I, but I have a soft spot in, in my heart for it. And maybe we can get to that point in the story. But, and to make this sort of a, a shorter story, I suppose. So like I had this big, long, arduous experience with having to um, 
So like I told the bishop everything I had done. And then he's like, we got to take this to the state president. So then I go to the state president. I tell him literally everything I had ever done. <laughs> and he wants to know like everything. And I'm like, okay. And then that bishop or the state president is like, hmm, I think we're going to take this back down. It's not quite bad enough to be, you know, at my level. So we'll take it back down to the bishop level. But you're going to have a bishop's like council. Mm-hmm. And so like we have the bishop's council and. And then I have to tell everything I ever done a third time. This time it's like, we're all suited up. It's all an official thing. So I tell them everything I've ever done. They sort of take their turns, um, like lashing me, whipping me with their words. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. And I have to sort of like, you know, like, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Like tail between my legs. Yeah. 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 And then they're like, okay, leave the room. And then I go and like walk around the church. Keep in mind, it's like a Wednesday night. There are other people there that I know and I'm in a suit and they're filming something for a film fest, you know? So it's like, hmm, I wonder what he's doing here. He's not with us and he's got a suit on and he looks all somber. And um, so I think, so that was kind of embarrassing, right? And then they like, they call me back in and then they're like, you know, here's a list of literally maybe 25 different things that you have to do and keep for the next six months. One of them is like, you can't be alone with a girl. You can't, um, but you still have to date. That's what they said. You can't be alone with a girl, but you still have to date. Um, (laughs) And you have to read the miracle of forgiveness. And it's so funny because reading that book was one of the things that I was like, um, this is crazy. This is insane. That book is nuts. Like it says the stuff they really need to go back. I feel like no one has read that book for like a really long time. And it's just been like the standard for a long time. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's in there and they don't know that the stuff that is in there is like giving away the whole charade. It's like masturbation turns you gay. That's like chapter three or four. (laughs) (laughs) If you masturbate, you will become a homosexual and i was like i was like what is going on here and um that's it's it's funny that's sort of like to look back now it's sort of a key moment for me that i was like this oh okay so this isn't maybe what i thought it was <laughs> like this is huh. all kind of crazy and then i guess from there it's funny i took a family vacation kind of shortly after oh no this is what happened so <laughs> I don't know. Are we allowed to be like kind of crude or crass on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Say, say whatever you want. I, I said David fucking Uchtdorf in the last episode. So okay. That's, so that's, what the, the, that's what the F stands for. So. <laughs> I like I like good old David F. Uchtdorf. I don't know if I'm, a, Dieter. If I'm comfortable enough to... I guess it's all anonymous, but I wonder if... You told me your podcast is swear positive, so I thought you'd be swear positive. That's true. David here. fucking Uchtdorf. I did it. Okay. <laughs> Was that one of your 25 hey, conditions of repentance? Like, thou shalt not. I wasn't not. allowed to say. <laughs> the, the face Bishop Jensen just made when, when President Gary said that was like perfect elation. <laughs> I would love to swear on my podcast, to be honest. And you said I, you're, you let me say damn in hell, I think. Yeah, damn hell. But that's in the uh, Bible. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think... Uh, Plus, I got a co-host, and he's and his whole family listens to that. <laughs> and uh, we got to be. It seems it, like yeah, you sold the podcast soul for downloads, hey? 
like not even like the <laughs> the downloads have like gone down it's so funny though i've i've noticed though that on youtube i kind of like switched it all over to youtube recently and yeah. uh i've noticed like some listens i've noticed like the, a weird amount of listens and plays and watch time or whatever and i did not expect that at all i really at this point i'm sort of just like you know i want to keep a record of it just for my own fun or whatever but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's i don't know people are seem to be it's not a lot but i think if we kept doing it more it would sort of grow but the most popular ones feature me so you know yeah you're welcome. they really do people love uh i keep zelda jackson, jackson listen just yeah. runs it all day on, <laughs> yeah. on silent on his phone <laughs> i just He's have like, what I, 800 <laughs> listens what wow people Crazy. adore me I would love that. You would get us to monetization so quickly. I adore me. <laughs> um, so you, went, we talking you were talking about family trip. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, so yeah, I finished this like harrowing experience with like repentance or whatever. I really walk away from it in it in opposition to like the first time I re repented and went to see a bishop, which was like, Oh, the clouds parting, the sun showing, and like I could, I thought in my mind's eye, I could see the Lord sitting on his throne, you know? That's how I felt the first time. This time, I was like, I feel nothing, and I feel like shit. I feel bad about myself. And I, and I even made this like, this sort of, this whisper of a promise to myself in my mind, which was, I'm never doing that again, hmm. ever. That's never going to happen again. And I wasn't quite a firm promise, but it was in the back of my mind because I still wanted to give this sort of a, a a fair shot, you know, to repent. So anyway, I'm trying my best. It doesn't go well. Sorry, I when guess. you say like, I'm never doing that again, are you talking about the sin or are you talking about the uh, Oh, sorry. Confession? I'm talking about the confession process, like talking right. to a bishop, going to a bishop, just sort of getting naked on the floor and having them like whip you with bamboo reeds never doing that again yeah i'm curious before are, before we keep going too you talked about sure. going to a bishop council so who was there uh just the bishopric they did not oh okay. i was in a young wouldn't single the, wouldn't the clerk have been there too usually but in this case the clerk is just like another why say like punk teenager kid oh, you know? okay. yeah yeah <laughs> like a mid-20s kid yeah right? so yeah. they're like i think it's you know so I, I do commend them for that because imagine that embarrassment for everybody. One well, of your like, buddies there. One of yeah. One of my very good friends was a, a ward clerk in a YSA ward, and they brought him into everything. Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. I'm glad they they didn't do it for me, but yeah, I was just a bishopric. Um, listen, they're all nice guys too except for one of them. I didn't like one of them, but two of them were very nice. And um, yeah, so I tried to give it a, to give it a go. Um, and to be like, you know, this is such an interesting, I feel like I've told this on my podcast and forgive me if I'm like talking too much, you know, interject with any questions you may have. I can just sort of blather on about this stuff all day. When you, when you guys asked me, I was like secretly like, yes, like I love <laughs> This is the one topic, you know, church related nonsense that I can sort of go on about all day. But um, where was I? So um, you went on a family trip. 
Well, before that, though, we uh, I'm trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I end up getting a hand job from someone. And uh, so we're kind of back at square one. So now I'm in a bit of a bit of a pickle because I wasn't supposed to do that. Right. That was on. <laughs> it wasn't specifically on the list of things not to do, but <laughs> it was. You can take that back. It was implied. It, it was implied. <laughs> did you go back? Did you turn the 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 pharisaical approach back on them and be like, well, it wasn't on the li- the 25 point plan <laughs> of true repentance? Yeah, that was the question, right? I was like, do I go back? Do I go back to them and tell them what ha- has happened and um, risk? I don't even know what they co- would have done after that, but I really did not have an appetite for whatever they might have done. Mm-hmm. And so from there, very shortly after that, went on a family trip. Great trip, but sort of the whole time in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, what do I do about this? Like, I really don't know. And so then I, I'd always heard and I'd always had like the sneaking suspicion in, in my mind of like, is any of this true? Like, maybe it is all fake. Like, maybe I don't have to actually go. And um, can you guys still hear me? OK. Yeah. 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 I just yeah. muted my computer. Sound. Um, maybe I don't have to do like if if it's not real, then I actually don't have to go talk to a bishop again. And so I sort of went on this. And again, I'd heard of like on my mission, someone had told me like that their parents told them that like, if you ever read a history of the church, just be careful, make sure you have a good testimony. And <laughs> that should be such a red flag to people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> if you ever find out the truth, make sure you already believe the lie. Make sure you're really indoctrinated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before so you that, look at the evidence, make sure you know the guy's guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you know the, the answer already before you go looking, asking any questions. Um, so basically, I went on this journey of like, I dipped my toe into like, I'm going to uh, just double check, see if the church is true. That's what that's sort of how I went about it. Mm-hmm double checking, seeing if the church is true. If I, if I can, cause I knew some stuff already about like mm-hmm. polygamy and, you know, not, uh, not as much as I thought I did actually, you know, before actually looking into all of it. But so I go, I look into it. I'm just like, I'm in Hawaii. I'm sort of on my phone looking up like, you know, is the church true? And I, and I read this, some article, this woman was talking about like why I don't go to the temple anymore. And it was sort of this, little pathway. And then I came across this website. I think it's called, it's not fair Mormon. That's like the apology. Mormon say. think Mormon think that's the one. Yeah. yeah. I got to Mormon think and I just sort of dove in and had like, it was like, Oh my gosh, what, what have I been? Where has this been? You know, it was so much, it was just a flood of, of everything and um like the whole house of cards was just like was like collapsing before my eyes and i even like i downloaded like the the i took like pictures of the page so i could read it on the plane home like that's how crazy it was and um and i even remember i remember asking my dad some stuff i'm just like did like i i asked him where did the Book of Mormon happen? And he just looked at me and he's like, I don't know. 
you know, like with this look, this sort of like this knowing look of like, mm -hmm. is like, oh, you're getting it now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, you're finally, you finally get it. Where did it happen? We don't know. There's no evidence. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that was that was a big moment for me too, where I'm like, oh, do you remember in Fight Club where, spoilers for Fight Club, you guys have seen it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, where he learns that he is Tyler Durden. Mm -hmm. And then the narrator's like, you know, cabin pressure has dropped, you know, where, you know, the plane's going down. And he like passes out. It, it kind of felt like one of those moments of like huge discovery kind of a thing. So, I, yeah. And then from there, I guess to just sort of fast forward, I went on this journey of like, I basically started a podcast to meet like, very quickly, a Mormon based podcast very quickly after that. And um, I don't know what that was to, to look back on it. Now I like, what was I thinking? Did I just want to keep a connection to it? You know, maybe I hearkened, yearned for a time of where I believed again, the story, the podcast is, I talk about stories from my mission <laughs> and uh <laughs> mission stories, if you will. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, so, yeah, it's like, why would a guy who's going through a faith crisis start a podcast? I guess maybe, yeah, it's just try to latch to keep a, keep a, a foot in it, maybe, you know. Um, and then we do these podcasts for like a few years. We're still doing them. And they're in the beginning, they're a lot more like Mormon focused. Well, in the beginning, they're very like, um, store their actual mission stories. And then yeah. like the, and then it turns into like, um, we're getting into some of the, the faith crisis things and, you know, the seer stones, the book of more, the plates and everything. And, um, meanwhile, I've, you know, I started dating a non-member girl and, uh, you know, I was really not a, let's be honest i like i just haven't been like a great mormon since that time in terms of like the rules following the rules and i don't really i hadn't really cared i still i'm like i think uh my perception of what i think god finds um wrong or bad is is much different now than it was when i was like a full you know fully into it hmm. but I don't know, man. It's just, it's tough to be, uh, it's tough to, it's tough to go from full believing to like, there's nothing, I'm a nihilist, back to um, something. But that, for me, that did happen. Like I did, like Elder uh, Bishop Jensen, are you, like, actually, Elder Jackson, I kind of want to like ask you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like never believed right i like tried really hard to and i think at one point i would have said that i did and so like everything that i say now is definitely colored by my experience now so i can't speak to necessarily 14 year old selves me yeah. right i think 14 year old me probably would have said that they did believe i think but like did you feel the feelings of Cause that's always what I go back to is that like, I legitimately felt feelings that. Right. Know, 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I went to EFY. <laughs> I sung the EFY medley and felt amazing and everybody's crying, you know, like I felt Were you that. crying? I didn't cry. No, I'm not a crier. He's a robot. Yeah. You might be a robot. He and, he and David A. Bednar have a lot of things in common. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I went, I did those things. I, you know, I felt it, but I've also felt that watching John Wick, you know, like yeah, yeah. that. And so, so although younger me interpreted it that way and took that as his witness. And so I think back then I would have said that I believe, I think I was never fully convinced because as it got time closer to my mission, I was like, oh, I'm not really sure I can like share this with people, you know, like I wasn't that confident yeah. in it. You just, so it sounds like you never like felt the, the feeling of, cause I remember having like, and I wonder if this is like a genetic thing. I've heard that some people just are more genetically predisposed to religiosity. And I wonder if it's maybe the ability to, I don't want to say delude yourself, but maybe, you know, like to sort of, work your own emotions up into a, a frenzy. Yeah. <laughs> As our friend Cora Hoare would say. Um, <clears throat> well, I think I mean? like you're, cause I think I could do that. I think that's like an ability that I have and maybe you don't Alex and maybe. No, I, I can, I can definitely empathize with that. Yeah. And I, like I've, I've, I've I done feel that. a lot the same. Yeah. Pe people do that with all sorts of things. I definitely think that some people are more, you know, capable of of doing that i mean bishop and i before you got on we're talking about somebody i know who has ocd and that you know that allows them they latch on to those things right and hold yeah. hold really tight to it right and because it gives them some sort of structure and order and uh and so i mean i think some people are more predisposed for that sort of thing for religious thinking and mindsets but it's not, you know, it's not like there's a group of people who do, do that and a group of people who don't, you know, everybody's kind yeah. of on that spectrum. Bishop Jensen, are you? you, said I, you well, I just say that. like by, by nature, I'm a bit trusting, right? Mm -hmm. um, so a bit naive, maybe a bit gullible and a bit of a daydreamer. And uh, it's more so when I was younger, uh, very, very imaginative. So those things all kind of, yeah, I kind of can latch on to religion in a certain way um, and feel and give myself experiences. It was that I think the conclusion I was coming to was the way I think and work and my brain operates plus church was becoming more destructive than constructive. Yeah. And yeah, was, I was becoming more prone to become pharisaical, more prone to take things too far too literal mm -hmm. and when you become more that way it's hard to form real genuine loving relationships with people because you're um, always judging people for not taking this thing that you're 100 literally taking as true as seriously as you are yeah i guess to like so for my story i i like I, it's so hard to make this, to make it like a short story. Do you know what I mean? But, um, but the shortest version of it is I went a time without praying really even and without 
I, my big connection to like, I would still go to church and then I would have the podcast didn't really pray or read scriptures or anything or cultivate the part of me that was, you know, the connection to God or, you know, God in myself or, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. whatever part of my brain or personality personifies God, I just sort of left it dormant for a long time. Uh, I actually, for the first time in my life, uh, had a panic attack in sort of after this, you know, so it was about like 2018. Yeah. It was when like the podcast started, you guys were on that podcast and then, um, and then I had a panic attack at some point in there because I don't, I have, I just think it was kind of a traumatic experience to like leave your faith. You know, it's, I, it, I don't care if you really believed it was true and your rational self brought you to a place that's like, you can't deny that it's, that it's not true or what am I? Yeah. You can't deny that it's, shady that it's sketchy you know mm -hmm. you can't ignore this evidence any longer and you have that mourning period i think um yeah i had this like panic attack and um and for weeks and weeks i think it was kind of related to the relationship i was in at the time too though and she kind of personified leaving the church in a way you know i think she was i put upon her a lot of baggage that she probably didn't deserve you know just in my own mind uh, you know I placed upon her like your represent you represent me exiting the church mm -hmm. you know and uh, among other reasons like it just wasn't going to be a good long-term fit because our goals were a little misaligned and I think I knew that so anyway I have this panic attack weeks I weeks I can't sleep like I have like sleep apnea from stress and it's really bad the only thing that helps me truly the only thing that gives any sort of relief is that during that time I sort of have this breakdown middle of the night can't sleep really stressed out and I just break down in tears and you know plead to God again for like I kind of just like ask forgiveness it didn't it didn't change any of the facts, right? It didn't change the fact that Joseph found a rock in a well mm -hmm. and that's, you know, and it didn't change the fact that he married like a 14 year old and had sex with a 14 year old when he was, I don't know, 35, you know, it didn't change. Nothing had changed other than that. My, my own needs had been going unfulfilled. Like, because my life up to that point, I'd mostly just ignored all of the, the stuff with Joseph Smith and all the historical discrepancies. They didn't really matter. What mattered was I had sort of this relationship with God somewhere up there. And um, however he was conceived in my mind, whether that was an imaginary friend in my mind or or, or he's actually lives and is real. I don't know. Like ultimately what's the difference? <laughs> you know what I mean? What is the difference? Um, it's a, it's a very small flip. There's a line and there's a flip. And it's like, if you, if you have an imaginary friend that you talk to 
and you think maybe he is, could be real. I, you know what I mean? I'm sure a lot of people, family, if they heard me say that, they'd be very upset. <laughs> like it's an upsetting thing to say for someone who's a true believer. But as you and your listeners know, I mean, someone who's fully in is going to have a hard time hearing the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is just a hard thing to hear. Um, but for me, I got, I had great, great comfort come from just praying again, just praying, talking to God, asking for forgiveness. These were like methods of self-soothing perhaps that I just had, that had worked up to my whole life. And then I just let go. And then, and then I kind of picked them up again and it felt really good. It felt really, really good to pick it up again. It often does feel good to pick religion back up and to, to, I don't know, to look at it from a different viewpoint. And so maybe for both of you or just for one of you or for one of your listeners listening, um, I would say like, okay, maybe look at it like this. If you have, if you have trouble believing, if you've read all the things and you have trouble with it, look at the church, look at religion and praying and God and Jesus, the way that you look at, so I don't know, Captain America, Batman, Superman, Lord of the Rings, Aragorn, you know, these are not real characters, but I love them. I love them. And I get a lot of like good stuff from learning about, you know, their fictional activities and everything. Hmm. Um, I guess it just like, so you said, Bishop Jensen, that your, your hang up was that like, it's gotta be real. It's gotta be a hundred percent real in order for you to get anything out of it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Have you tried looking at it from the perspective of maybe it doesn't matter if it's real or not? The LDS church? Yeah. I'd say it has to matter because the things that the LDS church demands from it, its members make no sense in doing if it's not what it says it is. Fair. Okay. <laughs> what if you take about, what if you take out, what if you draw a line in the sand for yourself right? and say, no more tithing? Sorry, 120 billion is probably good. You guys have enough cash on hand for the next, you know. Oh, okay. So if I start drawing a line. So it's like no sand, tithing, let's you, say. Because I'd say that the lines that I started drawing, because I went through a repentance process similar to yours, not the exact same. When I confessed, I confessed a bunch of things when I was in at the start of grade 12. Yeah. And kind of left it all behind. And the way my bishop handled it was probably the best a bishop could handle it. But then when I received the Melchizedek priesthood, I had to confess everything again, which was mortifying. The um, same stuff? Yeah, I had to reconfess in order to be For advanced. For those not new sins, the old, old sins. ones. Old ones, to make sure that I'd repented fully. So you've seen Braveheart. I, I've yeah. mentioned this on the show before. You know when he finds out Robert the Bruce has betrayed him and he falls over? Yeah. That's how I felt. I couldn't believe it. And I went home and I told my parents that I had to reconfess and they couldn't believe me. Yeah. And then the stake president changed between becoming an elder and getting called on a mission. And that stake president made me reconfess everything again. And he made me feel like a pile of shit for masturbating two years ago. 
not for having currently done anything. I quit everything cold turkey. I quit yeah. girls cold turkey. I quit porn cold turkey. Quit touching myself cold turkey. Quit all those things left them behind. And you actually did it? I actually did. For two years as a teenager before? My mission. through Are you gritty. kidding me? I'm not kidding. Wow. No. And Dude, I was I, busting nuts like right up until. No. And I, <laughs> I, did, I didn't. I still haven't jerked off. Wow. Really? And part of it is, I think, is that it's honestly. It's like. case in your mouth. It's well, it's just so much repressed guilt. It's like, if I start doing it again, I can't think about doing it without hating myself, honestly. Right. And, and so, and I don't know. So me, like, I just say like elsewhere, I'm very, very satisfied in, 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 you know, me and my wife negotiate our sex life very well, I'd say. So I don't like have anything to complain about, but still like the thought of masturbating is traumatizing. Wow. Layered so much guilt on, right? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. So interesting to me. So I, I didn't, but he made me reconfess and then guilted me. And I walked away feeling like a piece of garbage. Yeah. Um, and the only way that that could be okay is if the church was literally true. Right. Yeah. Right. Did, did you go? So oh, go ahead. No, you keep asking questions. Well, I had this thing where. And this was a big part of, um, this was like a pre, so I'm like still believing in everything, right? But I'm starting to like waver a little bit. I I started to think like, if anybody wants to keep their testimony, don't think philosophically. Don't ask hypothetical philosophical questions because the moment you do, it all kind of starts to fall apart a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even the question like, is there a, is can God create a rock bigger than he could lift mm-hmm. that alone is like you know i remember hearing that for the first time I was like, oh in either case there's something god can't do he's not all powerful ah yeah yeah um but anyway so i like i started to question like okay let's say let's let's say like um nephi nephi kills in the kills mm-hmm. laban in the first book you know the first couple chapters of the book of mormon because God tells him to. Mm-hmm. Now, as good Latter-day Saints, we are often told we have to be willing to do whatsoever the Lord tells us to do. We have to do mm-hmm. whatever he tells us to do. Yeah. And it's sort of an extension of that is the prophets. We have to be willing to do whatever the prophets tell us to do. Okay. So now it's like, you if someone fully and completely believes... And this is something, I don't know if you guys know Sam Harris. He's like this great um, public intellectual sort of guy. Atheist. Atheist, yeah. And and he's got a big problem with religion in general, but specifically, you know, he talks a lot about Islam and sort of the the systemic issues inside of a religion that like makes sane people do insane things based off of like, an internal logic structure of the religion mm-hmm. that if you, if you sort of like skip one, if you make one leap, right. To say there is a God and I'm supposed to do whatever he says, it opens the door to like murder. It yeah. opens the door Anything. to murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To rape to murder. It, as long as God says it's okay. And it's sort of like to your point, Bishop Jensen, where it's like, yeah, if it's, if it's true, and let's say that God is real. 
if God tells me to murder someone, and if God is hypothetically actually real, then it's fine. Then I'm in the right, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what that's what a lot of people believe. And I remember, I remember um, <laughs> that girlfriend that I had mentioned that sort of represented. Well, she didn't represent, but like it was sort of concurrent with like I'm leaving. I'm having this big faith crisis, and I'm dating this girl. She mm-hmm. had this book, um, the John Krakauer book. Uh, under the banner of heaven. Yeah. And it goes into like these Mormon, this Mormon guy who, you know, believed that God told him to murder, I think his brother, his brother and his sister-in-law and their kids. Mm-hmm. And he did that because he thought God was, you know, he thought he was doing the right thing. And boy, I bet that was tough for him to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I felt that way. So i I remember like I had done, I was messing, I was fucking up, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was doing shady shit. And, uh, and I remember I, okay. So he, this was the thing I was the, um, in the young single adult ward, I was the executive secretary mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I was still screwing up and I felt awful. And I had this, I had this other thought too, that was like, that was like, uh, Oh yeah, no. So I was already like in it deep. Like I had some sins I needed to confess and they were a secret. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I got to keep these a secret. Then I, and I was living at home at the time with my parents and, and the high councilman who's a friend of the family and every, you know, or whatever, like the stake, whatever he comes to my house. He's like, Hey, listen, we want to give you a calling. Uh, we want you to be the executive secretary for the singles ward. What do you think? Keep in mind, we're in my living room at my parents' house. My parents are upstairs. You're right. Listening yeah. to the whole thing. He's sitting right there. What am I supposed to say? Oh, yeah. You lie. You learn to lie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I lie. I lie into it. I'm Now I'm the executive secretary. And I keep on screwing up. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like time just keeps going. And... Um, and I'm about to leave that ward. I, I move out of my parents' house. I'm about to leave that ward. And uh, I was like, I had this moment of like, I need to repent. I need to repent. And I need to tell this particular bishop that I've been like scamming his face off this whole time and not being worthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, every part of me was like, no, don't do that. What do you talk? Why would you do that? Who would do that? The so, logical... Sir- so are you talking about the time like the the time you repented that you opened your story with, or is this another time you repented? So this is actually right before that time. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is right before that. I thought that I needed to, yeah, dude, I was all over the place. I was just right. like fraught. And I thought that I thought that I needed to go to the bishop who I was sort of lying to in a sense. Mm-hmm. Go to him. And I I worked myself up into a frenzy to say, like, God wants me to do this. God mm-hmm. wants me to do this. I go as far as to call that bishop. It goes to voicemail. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And I never told him. And it's for okay. the best. Yeah. And that moment, I was like, what did I just? I don't know. Like, it, it was that moment of, like, I need to think for myself, you know? I can't, I can't assume that God is trying to tell me anything really like it. And if I think he is, I have to pass it through logic and reason. And 
because otherwise you can get you can get you could murder someone you know what i mean like yeah. so that was sort of a that was a big thing for me to like i have to be willing to draw a line where if one of these bishops or one of these if the prophet one day says we need to go kill all the jehovah's witnesses i need to be able to in my heart say no <laughs> like yeah that's not right we're not gonna i'm not gonna do that so i just say like you're asking like if i could just draw a line well if yeah. i started drawing all the lines i needed to draw there'd be nothing left right my my daughter's not going to go through life thinking that she needs to become a dental assistant so she can raise kids she's going to be a goddamn dentist or a vet or a doctor or an astronaut whatever the hell she wants to be and if she wants to be a mom she can but i remember like we picked up a babysitter right and and she was uh you know, finishing high school, we're making small chat. What are you looking at doing? Uh, maybe, maybe going to nursing school, maybe uh, dental assisting, maybe why not dentistry? Why not become a doctor? Well, I don't know if that really works with like getting married and having kids, you know, I'm like not happened to my daughter. What happened to me is not happening to my son. Right. What, tell me, tell me more about that. Cause I mean, having to reconfess and then being guilted for things that I did two years ago that I already repented of and made to feel like a, a piece of garbage. Do you find any value in um, the repentance process that, and also having served a mission value and, in my mission? Yeah. Um, I think elder Jackson, we've talked about it a little bit. I was programmed to go on a mission. Mm -hmm. I was saving up for a mission Me from too. the day I could earn money. Yeah. If I didn't go on a mission, I had no backup plan. So the mission I fulfilled the plan. I had no idea how to apply for university. I don't know if my parents would have helped me. I don't know how I would tell my parents, I'm not going on a mission. Can you help me apply for university? Yeah. That money that I'd saved, the 10 or 11 grand that I'd saved, I didn't have any concept of ownership of that money. I hmm. couldn't even think of like taking that money and buying a car with it or yeah. going to Europe with it. It was consecrated for a mission. So I think that if I hadn't gone on a mission, I I may have lost those years anyway to wandering around working at a corner store and trying to figure out life. Basically you, right? what I did instead of going on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that, and yeah, that's a great, I keep on wanting to say you guys' actual names and I, I'm, I'm like pulling back. Um, um, Jackson. <laughs> um, I guess like my quest, like, and it's just sort of, a, it can go both ways, but like, I see my mission as this very valuable experience and this compressed learning experience where I got to learn how to be a kind of a functioning adult. I attribute a lot of like current success to just sort of the, and who knows, right? Maybe I could have applied this to another venture, you mm -hmm. know, maybe if I would have just traveled, started a business or something, I don't know, but there was something about a mission that forced me to do these things and out of my comfort zone that I probably wouldn't have done on my own. Do you guys, um, and, um, Jackson, you did start a business, right? Like mm -hmm. you were doing like filmography. I, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. I've, I, now. yeah. Like I mostly do podcast editing and production now for work, but I do some videography and photography and stuff too. Like, yeah, you were more into it before I, I gathered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's like you, you say, oh, well, Mission taught me these valuable life skills. It's, uh, it's not like non-members don't learn those life skills, right? It's not like 
Mormons are these perfectly well-adjusted people. And then all the non-Mormons are like, what? How do I load a dishwasher? I've never even had to do my own laundry, right? Like that, that's not... (laughs) They they call that that's like going away to college, right? Like yeah, we yeah. It's just uh, growing up, or if you have parents who just show you how to do those things. Like what I learned on a mission was to focus on a goal, put the goal ahead of myself, become more humble. But then I got into university, got my first job. I was so arrogant. I kind of had to relearn that lesson again. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, humble myself, put the needs of the company ahead of my own ego. Yeah. And, and work and take feet. And it was like, it was like deja vu. Cause I was like, I remember learning this as a missionary before I became really successful as a missionary. Wow. And I'm doing this all over again. It's yeah. like, I guess the mission wasn't the be all end all of getting this experience. Cause yeah. why the hell am I doing this again? It you know? was, I, I think though that, and sorry to cut you off, but I think that, um, are you sorry? Cause you're doing it. So. <laughs> And I'm just going to keep talking. So yeah. here we go. Here's a 25 point repentance plan <laughs> for talking over me. Sorry. <laughs> Can't be alone with a microphone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> just like too in love with yourself. I really am. <laughs> I think. The, um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, the, the benefits, cause for me, earlier you were talking about oh don't you miss it you know yeah and what i miss about it has nothing to do with the quote-unquote gospel right what i miss about it is going and seeing my friends every monday you know what i miss about it is standing in the hallway chatting with somebody i enjoy chatting with right it has nothing to do with the principles so you know for me the the lines that I would have to draw would be like, it's not true, and I have to be allowed to say that it's not true, right? That's something that really got me uh, when I when I left and I talked to um, one of you know one of my my friends about it. They they were like, oh well, why don't you just talk? You know, why didn't you ever talk about it? And I'm like, where? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Stand so in who? Sunday school and be like. Hey, listen, so uh, how about Joseph Smith being a pedophile? Hmm? You know, <laughs> this shit ain't true, right? <laughs> yeah, like everybody knows this is not true, right? We're just here to hang out and socialize. Yeah. You know, but so think, it's, it's like, like, like the only people who are happy at church are the people who don't think it's really true. They are just there to socialize. Oh, Those are the only Mormons who aren't like winding themselves up with anxiety disorders over the laundry list of either sins or rules. Right. And 25 point repentance plans. Yeah. Where the people are like, I don't really care if the Book of Mormon's true. I just like kind of feel good. And that's a nice place for my kids to spend two hours. If you can get to that point, though, I think that's a great place to be. I think I've, I mean, I, here's what I wrestle with. Well, I cut, I cut Elder Jackson off. So sorry. I'm going to repent of my sins. 25 <laughs> points right here. Sorry to cut you off. Did you have, and you have to keep that for six months, by the way? <laughs> After that's free game again. <laughs> I, so, okay. Here, here's the thing though. You know, yeah, it's nice to go and stuff, but are you going to go and listen to like North Korean propaganda every <laughs> single week of your life, just because you enjoy the company of the people you find there. Right. It's like, it's like, okay, 
you know, that's nice. Like the propaganda though. Yeah, but I, I can go and join like a hiking club. Like if I want friends, right? Yeah. yeah. There, there are other ways to make friends than having to like go LARPing every Sunday, you know, like. <laughs> Isn't there a spiritual like hole in you though that's kind of, I find if I don't, if I leave it alone too long, that spiritual, that God-shaped hole in my heart, I don't, like, I, I get sad. I get sort of empty. Like, I do need to fill it up with God. Like, there, there's really nothing else to, for me, it seems. I haven't like, found what, anything. What is it about God? Is it the purpose? Is it the direction? Is it the meaning? Is it the Life after miracles? Death, like Divine help? Like, what is God doing for you? Because he's not doing much for a lot of people, so... Like, I'm very interested to know what he's doing for, tr- for uh, President Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made a mistake president for one. All that Number power. one ex- exaltation. Well, I, think, I think it's like, I don't know. That I think it, it must all be like a personal, a personal well-being. I think that's like 80 to 90% of it is. I think like it's how, pers- but how does God do that? Like, what is it about God that gives you a sense of personal well-being? I don't, it might just be that like, it's been a baby blanket I've had since I was very young and has worked very effectively for a very long time. And right. even if I just pretend that it's true, um, it still seems to work. And, and I've sort of removed the harmful aspects of belief in my estimation, like, being made to do something that I would just never do outside of, you know, a blind faith in, in a God I've sort of, I've removed that aspect. So it's like, you know, the, the, the rounds have been replaced with dummy rounds. So I'm, I'm kind of harmless with my, my, my faith in God. I don't push it on anyone. I don't think, you know, um, I'm very like to each their own, but for me, it it is a bit of a, a soother. It's a bit of a binky. Uh, when times get tough, I just like to know or believe or think that there's a guy above it all. And I think this is how, why, you know, we started believing in God in the first place as mm-hmm. humans. It's just like, we don't want to be the last ones staring. Like th- there's nothing between us and the void. You right. Know? That sta- it's just us staring into space and that's it. There's nothing in between us. Right. Um, so I, I like to yeah. think that there is, and that's God maybe. Yeah, I I think about it like somebody asks why. Somebody asks their mom, why does it rain or why does the animal attack us or why whatever? And then the parent didn't have an answer and they didn't want to say, I don't know. So they made made something up, right? And now it's spiraled out of control. (laughs) That's the way that I see it. Well, it's it's like I see it as somebody, why does the sun rise? And then somebody makes up a, story about Icarus or not Icarus, the whoever the sun god is, soul Wrong. or whatever, you know, yeah, he has his chariot and he pulls it up every morning and pulls it down at the night. Pretty good. And then, you know, an enterprising sociopath looks at that and says, hmm, what if I start telling people that he talks to me yeah. and they've got to do Only what I say? Me. Only me. And you have to do what I say. And yeah. I, I, you know, so it's to, to remove the harmful parts of Mormonism to pull all the cockroaches out of the ice cream you'd have no ice cream left right that was like, a deep cut that's a it's that's a that, hearty ice cream <laughs> it's i don't want chunks. 
like think about what happened to you in your yeah. repentance. For me, it's okay. So my parents had this worldview that gave me this guilt complex. <laughs> and then the solution to that guilt complex caused more harm. And I'm going to, and my parents were so in the dark about what happens in interviews and in pre-mission interviews that they had no idea I was going to be asked that. So they couldn't warn or prepare me. And they were so surprised by it. They couldn't believe that I was telling the truth. They were, they were just as gobsmacked as I was. And, and, and I'm like, I'm teaching youth Sunday school while I'm having a faith crisis. And I just want to scream, do not go on a mission. Do not subject yourself to this horse shit. Do not accept it. But I can't, I can't. Yeah. Right. And I didn't. And so I just think about my kids and I'm like the only the thing that really made me mad, it's not just the way I was treated, but it was that I had no advocate. There's no recourse. There's no accountability. There's no way for the church to get better. The only way yeah. it gets better is if I remove my family from this and the line stops with me, the cycle of abuse stops today and they will not know of the book of Mormon. They will not know of an LDS church. They will know nothing of it. Wow. Other than it's crazy. Right. So you don't have any sort of like, I feel this, I almost feel a sense of guilt. Like, Listen, I know it's all wacky and it's all crazy and I don't, I'm not particularly like, I know it kind of screwed me up in some ways to be with the guilt complex and the, and the, the, I feel better than most people thing. And there's a lot of different things that go along with it. And I think my parents did a really good job of balancing. They did a great job of balancing like the craziness of it with like um, sort of the family centric aspects yeah. too and I, I, yeah. I commend them for that but I do feel this sort of guilt that I don't believe anymore like don't you feel kind of guilty like and you like is this is something I inherited from my grandparents to my parents to me and it's I just feel like sure like my I feel kind of bad letting it go you know completely okay like to me it is a totalitarian organization what I feel bad about this defecting from North Korea would I feel bad about turning on my Nazi war criminal ancestors no i'd lock those guys up i'd uh, it's not I'd, the same that's it's too that's too far of a. it's mm, okay like some other corrupt damaging organization that harms people knowingly uh, would i feel bad about science a science church of scientology burning down no no i toast yeah. marshmallows i wouldn't throw gas on it but i toast a marshmallow and have a good time I don't, uh, <laughs> by the way, yeah, I listened to an episode and I heard you say that before. <laughs> I don't want to say, what is that analogy? What is, what is toasting marshmallow? What, that's sociopathic, by the way. When something far. is burning, I'm going to like dance on the graves of the corpses and toast a marshmallow. We're going to have a so, bonfire. You need help, Jensen. But here, here's the thing. So for me, like, it, like it's, it, yeah, so it's it's part of your ancestry and stuff, but you know my ancestors are from Poland and Germany and Ukraine and England, and I don't feel you know I'm gonna go to those places, I'm gonna go visit those places, and I'm gonna study it, but I don't feel the need to go and collect my passport, you know, to go and show up and become a citizen because that's where you know my ancestors are from, right? Like, but I think I think there's a way but, to like feel connected with the story and the experience and be educated on it. You, Utah Mormons were polygamous stuck slave in. traders. They traded Indian slaves. They weren't black slaves. They were Native American slaves. But they're polygamist, murderous slave traders. 
I am okay leaving that behind. I am too. I'm, I'm okay. I don't, I don't like, want to be a polygamous slave trader for the record. So, but I'm just saying like, what, I'm what's glad the you clarified. Time like when, when does this stop being close to Nazism or any other insane totalitarian organization? Listen, right. The, the church as you've known it is not a Nazi organization. It just isn't. It okay. has some, it has some backward thinking. Does it have doctrine that could lend itself to white supremacy? Does it have scripture that could foster? Um, does it does it have rhetoric that could foster sure, white supremacy it, listen, and, it came, it, and it was, anti-government? It was written at a time when everyone was a racist. Everyone was racist. Okay, so why haven't okay. they disavowed it? Okay, so they have. I think they have. Uh, have so, they stricken it from the record? Have they blacked it out? Have they apologized for it? They've done a lot of things, but that's not one of them. No. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay, like there you go. It's still very much a part of the church. Especially if you go to church in a small town and hear what the old men in Elders Quorum have go to, to Kurtz say. And they'll call them Lamanites. It's so funny. I'm, I'm here like defending the church, but like I haven't been in so long. And when I do go, I can't stand it. I can't. I can't. So it's weird. Like the, the, the thing that I can't, part of it That's... was listening to the podcast, listening to myself talk. The yeah. other part of it was, I was like, Imagine you just go for coffee with one of your coworkers that that's like a friend, right? I had a few good friend coworkers who didn't really know about me as a Mormon and didn't know anything about Mormonism. And it was go tell them that this experience of your repentance makes you angry every day. And then explain to them that you're going to give 10% of your money to that same organization that did nothing to protect you and tell them that it all makes sense. And I was like, it doesn't, I can't tell an outside rational person why I'm doing this. So why would I tell myself to continue doing this? I go to a church I get nothing out of. I give it 10% of my money and it abused me. And I'll defend it to the death. Am I I a beaten wife? Probably. I just have, I just have a problem completely. I really struggle with like my future family. It's as for me right now, it's looking like I'm probably not going to, marry like a mormon woman like i just don't think that's gonna happen i I just couldn't see myself um i don't know i feel like uh i just couldn't really do it so it's like i'm probably gonna end up with someone who isn't a member and then i sort of i find myself struggling with the idea of well i want some of my past to pass on to my kids but um i understand that this looks like a cult and it's like someone wanted to pass on a cult to their you know, it's like a spouse wouldn't really want that, presumably. Like, especially. like okay. oh, sorry. No, I'm done. I mean, like, that, okay. that's my my big, and maybe you guys, I feel like you are helping me kind of get through this right now, because it's something I've been struggling with for a while is, how do I, can I let this go? How do, like, what part do I, or can I bring forward? Or, or at least how can I get over how can I get over it, man? I, like, I'm really at this place. This is very strange because when you talked about how you got your temple recommend back and you paid tithing for the first time in your life on your other stories about missions podcast, yeah, you sounded very, very happy about that fact. Like, you really sounded like you took the blue pill. But now you're coming on here saying, how do I get over it like you guys? <laughs> well, you're sort of how convincing do I split? me. It's like, this I is almost like when you came on the, our you know, podcast and now I'm on yours and I'm having kind of a similar like experience, but... Um, like I can, I can tell you one thing with my own kids is that 
they were being real shitty to each other one day and I sat them down and I read them the the parable of the uh, good Samaritan. And I explained to them that this is about a Jew and a Samaritan and Jews hate Samaritans. And the Samaritan took care of the Jew. So what does that tell you about being kind to people? And they're like, you should be nice to people even when they're not being nice to you or whatever. I'm like, great. So stop being little shits, right? Yeah. But I can incorporate what's good. The church doesn't own the New Testament, right? Yeah. I And there's that scripture. And me, me and uh, Jackson were talking about this kind of texting. There's this psalm that says, ye are gods. And yeah. the church likes to quote that as like, oh, yeah, see, eternal progression, exaltation. And he says after that, and and even though you're gods and sons of the most high, you'll still die like men. And, but the, the idea that I am the God of my life, I set the agenda now. It's scary, but I am a I am the God of my life. That was I was going to ask you that, too. Like, how do you deal with the sort of existential dread? Um, you too, Jackson, like, how do you guys deal with that? The comfort, the comfort, like the safety net of the gospel Mm -hmm. taken away, you in the void. Now it's you in the void. How do you deal with that? Why? I just think like, I'm going to, I, I, yeah, like I'm always, I, I was always going to die someday, you know? And, and now instead of being judged after I die, it's just over. Right. And that's, the way I see it and me in the void well it's me and everybody else and everything else and the void right like just because just because I don't believe in a god doesn't mean that I suddenly can't have community or I can't have love for somebody or I can't appreciate beautiful things right I told this to one of my friends you know now that I'm gone now that I'm not focused on ticking every box on getting all 25 of those points right for the next six months so that God will forgive me and love me again. Now, instead, I'm thinking, okay, who can I help today? You know, what what can I do today to make somebody laugh or to make somebody smile, right? I'm less concerned with storing up blessings in heaven and instead with making here and now a good place to be and hopefully leaving the world better than I found it. You know, that's yeah. how that's how I find peace with that is it's like I'm just going to make the most of it. Yeah. And, and yeah, in some ways, I kind of take comfort in knowing that there is nothing after. Or believing in the void. So are- I don't. Yeah, I will live. There are things in life that are enjoyable. There's things in life that are hard. And one day I will be dead as any dead person who's ever died and you know my estate will have to deal with life insurance and fighting over the will but i won't so <laughs> like good for me <laughs> I, I that's a, I, there is nothing but so what it, well i don't see here's the thing i don't know if i can completely say that there's nothing um in fact i can't because I, I don't know well yeah yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's why I say I believe there's nothing. Yeah. Um, I often say that I hope that there's something. That's sort of my that's my line on that now is okay, but really like listen to our episode on what does God do all day and try and fathom an eternal existence. And what are you gonna do? Keep memos on people's uh sure. you know, performance of their twenty five point plans. Listen, what do you do now though? You know, like 
Well, that's the thing is that you're stuff, but it, at the same time, you're looking forward to the next stage. Like me and my wife talk frequently about like, man, can't you just wait for the kids to grow up, move out of the house and we can like, just stay at home, play boggle and make lunch. Like, wouldn't that be great? I don't have to work. We don't have to look after kids. It's just me and you. We're looking forward to another stage. And after that stage, we'll be looking forward to another stage. And even when you talk to like people in their nineties, they're like, can't wait for the warm embrace of death. Yeah, because I am right. Like we're looking, we're always looking forward to the next stage. You get to eternity. What's the next stage? Hallelujah chorus. You're going to get tired of Handel's Messiah pretty quick, right? I think, I mean, that's the assumption that you just have to think bigger than that. I mean, um, do you play video games? (laughs) Yeah. You played video games, right? Okay. So it's, you're going to get into like one of those grinding farming games where it's like, I love I'm that. perpetually grinding. I love that. What am shit, I trying man. to get? I don't know. And then when I get it, it wasn't worth it. You but now I got a new far- goal. I got a farming grind again. I mean, this it's is like, we're. Getting- I'd rather be out of existence than doing a farming grind game for all eternity. Hey, hey, don't Fair hate. Enough. All I do on Valheim is just deforestation. I just chop trees down. <laughs> That's all I do. My brother-in-law oh, does everything else. I just take right. care of chopping trees down. But I, I think, like, I. I I I'm with you, President. I think it'd be cool to have something else after, not the not necessarily the Mormon reality of idea of what yeah. it's like after. But you know, I like I like living, and I do enjoy my family. You know, so that's great. But I don't know if like like that's not that's not reason enough for me to convince myself to live my life based on that, right? Right. Like, I think it'd be really cool if I could turn my lights on with my mind, but I'm not going to live my life preparing for the moment when Elon Musk puts Neuralink in my brain, and then I can do that, right? I'm not going to live my life. that's more real than the other thing, though. Right, exactly. And I'm still not going to live my life like that, You're coming to join... Join our secret combination here, President Gary. You're, spit, I, you're you, spitting. You're spitting the blue pill out. I th- again. I you've had this, and I my fault maybe. Here's the truth of it. I have very positive feelings, memories, and things of with the church and with the values. And I I feel like the for me my mission really was valuable. Sure, there could have been a, a number of other things I could have done with that time and get a similar experience. But for me, I went on a mission, and that's I got it. Good stuff out of that. Good memories, good experiences, great friends. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've, there's some beautiful, beautiful doctrines in the church about um, the curse about of Cain, the curse atonement of, the of Christ, the forgiveness, mercy. As long I mean, as you follow a 25 point plan. Like, listen, I'm trying to show you the, the diamonds in the free. rough here. Here, yeah, okay, I'm just, okay. I'm showing, okay, sorry. These people, the people that administer it are pieces of shit, sure. <laughs> Aren't we all, you know? If yeah. we're all given a little bit of power and we're all indoctrinated into, it's like the guy who killed the guy's family, like, <laughs> he thought he was supposed to do that. Yeah. Um, obviously, we should stop those people and we should remove ourselves from being subject to these megalomaniacs who are given an, a modicum of power. I agree. Enough of that. I'm never going back to a bishop and telling them anything. But <laughs> I do like the idea of sort of negotiating with it on a personal level, like 
the idea of, and then, and then to treat other people with uh, compassion and mercy and forgiveness. And to me, there's just something very beautiful about the doctrine of, of Christ's atonement and about like us returning to, to the father, like returning to our father is like, what a, what a beautiful idea to, you know, like, unless you have a bad relationship with your father, but I have a good one. So yeah. I like that, you know? Um, and my grandfather, my forefathers, like I have these, I have these great feelings about some of the really beautiful ideas inside of it. And for me, I can sort of separate, like, I don't pay tithing. I don't go to church. You did. I did. I used to. Like recently I, you did. Pay tithing? You, you said on your podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't Try, after that. Tried that once. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it again. <laughs> the bishop sort of like, he was like, will you pay tithing? And I was like, I think I could pay some tithing. You slid so over a, a $100 bill. I was like, and here's for the last three years. For, there you go. for your recommend and then, yeah. and then peaced out. Yeah. And then, and then I thought about that too. I was like, how, how deceptive should I actually be? Like, should I just, is it as deceptive as you want? I think sure. And I mean, here's the thing though. How, how much truth do I need to tell Iron Man (laughs) or any other made up person? (laughs) How honest do I need to be with Captain America? Honest, starting to be with Iron Man. <laughs> so, okay, Iron Man, the truth. <laughs> like, this is this is this is my thing. Yeah, okay. The idea that you can be healed, that somebody's always there to comfort you. What if you just showed up to comfort people instead? You know, what if you just took on that role instead of needing the atonement for for comfort? You know, and then on the forgiveness end of things, oh. I need Jesus to forgive me for jacking off because, you know, be, because he told me that it was wrong. You know, that, that'd be like, president, your hair's kind of long. I need you to apologize to me for having your hair so long. And then you're like, oh, wow, I feel so bad. And then you apologize to me for it. And I'm like, I forgive you. And you're like, it feels so good to be forgiven. My child. It's like being forgiven for problems that didn't exist unless they told you that they were a problem. Problem. I agree with that. I will say, though, that sometimes, Jackson, life is just, as you know, as we all know, life is just hard. And and listen, we are help. I'm out here helping people. I'm I'm giving the the juice to other people. I'm helping out. I'm I'm giving the business. Well, I don't, I'm helping people, Comf- okay? Comforting widows in their afflictions. Comforting people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, in all seriousness, life does get hard. And I, and who's off? Sometimes, I, I mean, I'm single. Like, I don't have a, I don't always have someone to, like, comfort me. So, you know, I, sometimes you're not, you're alone. And you just having someone to care, feeling or thinking that Iron Man's out there and that he's, protecting the world. He's keeping you safe. Uh, it's kind of a nice thought, you know? It's, yeah, it sounds nice, but I think there are real things that can bring it, the same feeling. I That's Like when you experience. talk about it that way, it kind of sounds like, um, like I use marijuana to control my stress level. I use this drug to help me feel a certain way. When the power is within you to find purpose, meaning, and solace in your own life, 
but it's like, like you need to outsource it to, to something else. I just think there's a bitterness. There's a, like I sense a bitterness in the both of you, if I'm being <laughs> I'm, completely honest. There's there's a there's a bristly, hence why, hence why we bitterness. hence why we started this show. No, no, to so, kind of move past the bitterness. But uh, I'm for 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 me in this conversation, it's mostly me pu- pushing back against what what you're saying. It's like a friendly bitterness. <clears throat> I and I'm not, me too. And likewise, it's yeah. I enjoy your bristly, <laughs> hard husk of shells that you've become <laughs> and uh and i and listen i'm there too i'm also a husk of a human being i'm barely a person too okay we're all kind of in the same boat i lied to get a temple recommend okay <laughs> confession time <laughs> i'm the stake president here's your, 20, here's your 25 point plan to it's get back on track. track but like we need you to pay tithing but also not to go to go back to like <laughs> um as far as like how honest you need to be with Iron Man, you don't need to be. You're right. But so, also with Iron Man and with God, it's like there is a there's a level of like, well, how honest do you need to be with yourself? That's another aspect of it. Let's let's say that God lives inside the minds of all who believe. Right. If you if you are honest with God, you are also being honest with yourself. And I think that is a very valuable uh, thing to be. That being said, I know that you can be honest with yourself without being, you know, <laughs> yeah, take out the middleman. But it's a mechanism. I don't know. It's like okay. a, it's a harmless mechanism for me and it makes me feel good. And um, and then on the other side, though, as far as being honest with the church, I do feel, listen, there's people involved as far and as much as you're dealing with other people who believe that you're dealing with a community who who, you know, derives importance from all other members also um, following the rules of that group, whether or not they're attached to God or not. So I, I think there's just a, there's something about being uh, sort of a good faith actor with your, if you're participating in a group, but like, that's kind of why I feel I, you know, if I do <laughs> go on a date with a Mormon girl, I got to tell her how I actually feel. Like I can't, you know, lie to her and be like, I believe in everything. Like it has to come out that I'm like, my, I have an unorthodox testimony. That's sort of how I word it. But, but also it's like, why, you know, do I want to be with someone who's like, Oh, a, for sure. Not a full and complete believer. Ugh, I don't well, know. I, I, I mean, and that, that's ultimately why I left. I didn't want to be a project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you know, yeah. And, and so I just realized I liked the community too. You know, like I liked being there, even though I didn't buy into it. I liked being there, right? I didn't always like being there. I'll be honest. Like I didn't. But, you know, I realized I got to live my life, you know? Yeah. So, but I, I hope you, I hope you stay in so that I can keep sending emails to, to your church. I think that, uh. That church will keep going. I don't know. If <laughs> it's a good church. Hope, hopefully. I mean, you know, some members might leave and go somewhere else. Although this is a very, we're doing this over Zoom. This is a pretty good way of. Yeah. I remember when I started a podcast and tried to do it over, or I kept asking you guys to have me on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. We could virtually. And you're like, yeah. And I even like gave you a step-by-step for how we could do it. And you're like, yeah, we're too still hard. Here. Too hard. 
<laughs> and I apologize for that. Well, in order to show true repentance, <laughs> you need to do these 25 things. Some of them are logically inconsistent, but that's okay. Uh, okay. No, that's okay. I'm fine. I need that. you to have me on the show without having me on the show. Do you also need me to, <laughs> to sort of read a book of nonsense? <laughs> that would be ideal. Like a long book, too. It's a yeah. big book full yeah. of nonsense. And uh, yeah, no, I'll do that. Perfect. I'll give it an honest an honest go. Perfect. Perfect. Wow. Uh, do we have any final uh, anything else we want to cover? I hope you, that. Could you bear your testimony for us? No. Not to you too, swine. <laughs> have you ever heard of pros before, swine? Like I would give that to you. Well, I feel like you have been bearing it for the last hour and a half. So it's a yeah. It's it's whatever my a... testimony is. This is this has been it. I don't know. I've got a cosmic space blanket, guys. <laughs> I love it. It's good. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's this was fun. I I would like to do it again if you'll have me. Yeah, we'd love yeah, to. Yeah, we have regular guests all the time. Yeah, it's fun. It's a it's a nice little church alternative. It's Sunday today, so yeah, yeah. Hence why we do it on Sunday. Hence why we talk about it as if it is church. church. We we always close in the name of uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The be all and end all. He's a good guy. Beginning and end. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I'm a believer. Well, the this was fun. We'll do it again. Uh, Bishop, yeah. do you want to close this out? I would just like to bear my testimony uh, that I love you guys very much. I love you too. This is a great experience. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Amen.